Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's happening? Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Thought I hit the wrong button again. Money. <laughs> My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. It is Tuesday, June 16th. Things are moving fast. We're almost it's through with our... June? It's the middle of June? What? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we're almost done with our sleepers for, you know, the year. Yeah, man, we are going fast. Yeah, things are happening quickly. Before we know it, we will be one month out from draft month. Oof. Our league held a our lottery. I am pick ten, mother of heaven. I've never been in the top five before. In the how many years have we done it? Like ten. Six, seven? No, Something it hasn't like been ten years, has it? I think so. Oh, I wow. don't remember. Jeez, I'm old. <laughs> um, but I finally got not only in the top five, but yeah, second overall pick. So good luck with that. I'm kind of pumped. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's honestly not a good good spot to be in, but yeah. I still get to get one of the guys I want, so I'm happy. Uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. Uh, news around the league and uh, some tight end sleepers. It'll probably be a quicker show today because, you know, tight ends are the most <clears throat> boring thing on the face of the earth. Besides quarterbacks. So that's the thing. Especially tight end sleepers because a lot of these guys will not break out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we do that, check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FFChamps on Instagram at thefantasychampions. You can like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. Subscribe wherever you listen. Click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Also, leave a comment down below who your favorite tight end sleeper is if you're listening on YouTube. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. We also want to make a quick announcement. The draft guide is currently taking pre-orders at $25. Uh, the launch date is July 1st, and it has uh, your full rank, our full rankings, not your rankings, our rankings, <laughs> our breakouts, busts, player draft values. Uh, it is coming together quite swiftly, if yeah. I do say so myself. I'm halfway through my player projections, and I want to take a nap. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of work. I say this every show, but a lot of work goes into it. Yeah. And um, it's, it is coming out really good, though. Um, be sure to purchase soon. Uh, if you pre-order now, you will be, as a reminder, will be entered in for a chance to be a part of our listener league. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about it unless you want to win your fantasy championship. Uh, let's get to the news first. Um, GM John Robinson from the Tennessee Titans insisted the team is working on a deal with Derrick Henry. Uh, that doesn't surprise me because he's kind of like their whole franchise. So, yeah, uh, I got a lock. I feel like he's going to be the most overpaid running back in the history of the NFL. He's going to be. Yep. And, uh, or he's already the most overrated running back. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I don't know about all that. That's, that's a, that's I just remember, I remember, I, I think it was the AFC championship game or the week before the AFC championship game and Derrick Henry had like two good games in a row and everyone was like, this guy's the best running back in the NFL. No doubt about it. And I'm like, can we not with this? People just get hyperbolic based on the moment and it just drives me crazy. I'm like, can you not? Am I crazy for saying that he's at least last year he was top five? 
I guess. I don't. I mean, I for me, a running back needs more than just running. Yeah. So I mean, that's anyway. fair, but debatable i guess but uh he's top 10 i'll say that uh espn's mike reese uh said sony michelle had uh, foot surgery um normally foot surgery doesn't mean good things they said it was minor yeah um so we'll have to see what happens with sony michelle i'm so done as like a patriots fan but even just from a fantasy perspective i'm so done with sony michelle i wow. really am it's just a personal thing but yeah i think I mean, and a lot of people in the dynasty community have said, have said this as well. I, uh, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Patriots use a lot of Damian Harris this year. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if if Sony Michelle starts on the PUP, I would see Damian Harris probably. I don't know that I. I they still got Burkhead, so yeah. Unfortunately, knowing what the Patriots do, Harris would have a role, but to say people love to buy into the Pats Patriots uh, running back people like to buy into the Patriots running back situation a lot, and it never really works out for anybody. Um, it just use like four guys. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, Mike, Sony Michelle, probably not the best buy this year. I, I think he's still, as much as people hate him, you know, I haven't done my projections on the Pats, but I still think Sony Michelle is probably going to get 220 to 250 touches if he plays a full season. So it's like, Yep. that's worth it to me, if, even though it's the grossest thing on the face of the earth. You know what I mean? So I would agree with you that I think he's probably going to... He might even get more touches than that. Mm-hmm. Um, if he plays a full season, like I think he'd get like 230 touches. Yeah. The problem is is what he does with those touches. Like He's not going to get any... I don't think really do anything receiving. Yeah. And last year, I, I could be wrong, but I think he ran for 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, I, is- think, I think a lot of people discounted, though, the fact that... The Patriots offensive, excuse me, offensive line was horrible last year, and Sony Michelle suffered from that. But they blamed it on Sony, like it was Sony's fault that the offensive line was bad. Yeah, he so, ran for three point seven yards per carry. With though. the improvement of the offensive line, I think you'll see Sony Michelle do I mean, better. I think it, I think the offensive line wasn't great last year, but it wasn't awful either. Yeah, it wasn't. They didn't miss James Devlin, but he retired. The fullback. Uh, they're getting yep. David Andrews back, the center, which will definitely help. But still, like, do you see Sony Michelle running for more than like four point three yards per carry? No, but um, if he's like an eighth round, seventh, eighth round pick, and he's getting two hundred and twenty carries, I mean, sure. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, a I solid agree flex. With you, like, he's worth the risk. Yeah, uh, I'm just like, I'm just so sick of. It's probably just because I'm a Patriots fan. I'm just so sick of something. No, everyone else is too. Um, Mitch Trubisky said he's motivated by the addition of Nick Foles. He said he was pissed off in a good way. Oh. Um, shaking in my boots. Nick Foles is going to take your job, you idiot. <laughs> that was harsh, but yeah. Dude, that's all That's all I got to say. You, yeah. you had your chance, buddy. Uh, Antonio Brown pled no contest to a felony uh, battery charge and has uh, been sentenced to 100 hours of community service. Yeah, so uh, he will be doing that. His, um, his record is wiped clean, though, so that's a good thing for his prospects in the NFL. Um, it is being reported that he, it is unlikely that he will ever play a game in the NFL again. I would um, be very shocked if he does. So uh, that is, um, I mean, the biggest problem with Antonio Brown is that he's probably going to get some, um, 
Uh, he's going to get suspended in some way, shape, or form by the NFL, even if he does come back. So the suspension will probably come. But the, the biggest thing is everyone's probably forgot about the, all the sexual assault allegations that Antonio Brown had at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if, if he gets signed by an NFL team, do you think that's going to come up and they're going to be like, oh, he needs to be suspended? Like, I don't I, Maybe. It might be. It might. It might be a problem, also, but I, I forgot about 32. that. He's turning 32 this year for wide receiver. Yeah. Like. It's over. I mean, unless you're Larry Fitzgerald. It's sad how fast wide receivers' careers end just I randomly. I, I, I think Antonio Brown's done, though. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rappaport reports that uh, several of the Cowboys and Texans players have gotten COVID-19, um, including Ezekiel Elliott, uh, who tested positive for coronavirus earlier this week. Um, they said that his uh, coronavirus is asymptomatic as we currently stand. So uh, he is not sick. He's just positive. Yeah. Well, he'll be fine. Yeah, people, people are going to overreact to this news though <laughs> well it's funny because you you said in our group chat you were like oh um yeah uh, this is going to ruin our chances to get the nfl and then like three hours later the nfl was like this is the plan for training camp and i was yeah, like I okay never mind like, Thank God. <laughs> yeah um saints running back coach joel thomas confirmed that alvin kamara played through knee ankle and back injuries last season um this just fuels the fire for the bounce right, back for alvin yeah. kamara I'm kind of pissed off because I'm pick 10. I was hoping that he would fall to like seven and maybe slip to me. But you know what? He's now the fourth pick and Zeke is the eighth pick. And I'm going to have to take Zeke again, aren't I? Like you would be mad. I would not be mad at all. Um, wheels. Doug, Doug Peterson said Alshon Jeffrey is without a timetable for return. That's not good news. That's not good, yeah. Keep an eye on the PUP list for him. Uh, if he doesn't play, man, oh, man, the, the rookie wide receiver is starting Jaylen to look really Rieger. good. Jalen Rieger's looking really good. Um, yeah. Tariq Cohen said he is doing more. This is this is ridiculous. I, I can't. Why, why does he's doing yoga, more yoga this offseason, because he said he really slacked last season on body durability 2019. Tricon, tell me, tell me what, tell me, say that again, Rick. Sorry. Did he miss a game last year? I don't know. I don't think he did. The the last thing you do to get more durable is to do yoga. Bro, don't hate. Don't hate on yoga. I just want to throw that in there because I thought it was totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. Um, let's jump into. Go ahead. I just said it is kind of ridiculous, but whatever works for him. He played. Uh, he played all sixteen games last year, so I don't. Oh. I don't know what he's. Yeah. Preferring. Yeah, that's. I guess. Um, let's move into our tight end sleepers for the twenty twenty season. Uh, this is going to be an interesting show. Uh, we've talked about um, three of these guys, guys. more um, frequently in the last couple weeks, uh, but we're going to talk about them again. And we're going to add some some new names into this conversation at the end. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you don't, Rick. But we'll see what happens. Um, the first person on this list is Mike Gesicki. Right now, his ADP is at 129. Um, this uh, He was one of my favorite guys going into last year. Um, I didn't think he was going to have success because the Miami Dolphins completely suck. But... Um, 
I, I did like his build and I liked how uh, talented he was. Um, and I saw a bunch of training camp videos and it got me pretty hyped up. Um, and from week, I think it was week 12 on, he had a number five finish, number three finish, number uh, two finish, and a number nine finish over the course of six Ooh, weeks. Like so uh, it looks like he could actually be an efficient um, tight end in the NFL. And he, I think over that span was averaging uh, from week 10 to 17, he was averaging about seven targets a game. So um, that's good for a tight end. And if you get through a 16 game season, you know, I mean, he could, he could most definitely be a tight end one. I think even considering the fact that, you know, I go on this metric and I'll talk about it a million times on this show, this particular episode um, that I always look at, you know, the reads. So it's like, you know, who, how many, how many reads do you have to get to, to get to the friggin' tight end? before you see him as an option to throw to. And it's like, to me on the Miami Dolphins, it's literally Devonte Parker and then Mike Kosicki. <laughs> yeah. There's no one else there. So it's like, especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick's there, Kosicki is going to be a great ad, especially late in the draft, like in the 12th, 13th round. Um, he could be this year's Austin Hooper. Uh, and I think, you know, getting him and snagging him that late in the draft is a great opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I 100% agree with you on this one. I want to look up how many times the Dolphins uh, threw the ball last year mm-hmm. because I believe they throw the ball a lot more than you would think, um, which which is very good for Gaiseki because, like you said, other than Parker, there really is no other option. They got, like, uh, Preston Williams and yeah, um, I was gonna say Al- Preston Albert Williams. Williams. What's his name, Albert? Uh, Wilson. Albert uh, Wilson, Preston yeah. Preston Williams, I think, is, you know, he's a solid option. I know there's a lot of people who are hyped about him, but I don't think he's going to really do too much. Mm-hmm. I believe he's off a torn ACL as well. Right. Uh, so I think Mike Gaiseki has a real chance to get like 100 targets, right? Um, like 60 catches, seven or eight touchdowns. And we know Ryan Fitzpatrick has a history of favoring tight ends as well. He does like tight yeah. ends. And even if they go to Tua, right. uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks typically like to have like a security blanket mm-hmm. up the middle of the field, some easy passes. Right. Uh, Mike Gaiseki would fit that bill perfectly. He's worth the risk of where he's being taken as well, which is I'm very surprised because, like you said, I think 12th, 13th round. I think it's because he's a dolphin. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have been there last year. Simple you know, as that. Dolphins last year. Yeah. Um, but the Dolphins are going to be a little bit better than I think what they were last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be as good as some people think, but they are going to be an improved football team. And Mike Isecki is going to have a good year. So Gaisiki over weeks 12 through 17 was the tight end five in all of fantasy football. So he was averaging about 11 points a game. And the number one tight end in fantasy over that time was Tyler Higby averaging 15 a game. So he wasn't too far off the number one. Um, and I think, I think if you're talking about Gaisiki, like, like Rick said, I totally agree. It is worth the risk in uh, what is it? The four, 13th round, 14th round, maybe the 12th and a 12 team. So it's, it's definitely worth it to go out and snag Gasicki on that low value and, and, you know, watch him play extremely well in an offense that needs a tight end. I mean, I like last year, I felt really, really good about um, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller just because of the stuff I was hearing out of, you know, Oakland and Baltimore and seeing them in practice and knowing that there was literally no one to throw the football to on either one of those teams. 
So it's like, it's the same situation for Miami. And I think regardless of the, the you know, how good the team is, I think Gasicki can still have a good season. Um, and so, yeah, and it's also a good breakout age. He's 25. It's his third year in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see that's a great age for tight ends. The, the Dolphins threw the ball 615 times last year. Yeah. Uh, and even if that number goes down, you know, a decent amount, that's they're still going to throw the ball like at least like 570 times probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of targets to go around. Uh, and they're not all going to go to Devontae Parker. Yeah. Um, totally in agreement on Mike Gesicki. Uh, let's talk about the Hawk. There are two guys and I just wanted to, I wanted to buy in so hard last year on them. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Font, the next two guys we're going to talk about. And, um, Last year, we had a team in our our uh, redraft, our home redraft league, who took Hawkinson in like the ninth round, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And, and he was like, "I like," one. and he dropped him like after yeah, after a couple weeks. So totally not worth it for that point. But second year tight ends, usually receivers in any level, tight end, wide receiver. Um, if you're a receiver, usually you're one you struggle and that's because you're trying to pick up, you know, the pro game defense and then, you know what I mean? Route running at the pro level as well. So it's like, it's a jump and it takes guys like there's not many people who can just take the leap. I mean, I think over the last 10, 15 years, Julio Jones has, Julio Jones has been the only wide receiver in the NFL who has actually been able to finish as a wide receiver one his rookie year. No tight ends do it. So any rookie tight end that you're super excited about, just forget about them. You know what I mean? Um, and TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fawn, as much as I really liked them last year, uh, I was kind of like hesitant on jumping on that bandwagon just because they were rookies. So year two, they're definitely going to be more improved. Last year, TJ Hawkinson had brick hands for some reason. <laughs> he, but It's weird because like the first, the first game he was in, it looked, I mean, he was catching yeah. everything. Um, and then, yeah, he had, a, he had, I think, two drops in the end zone, um, which you can either say he's bad or it was just a rookie being a rookie. So uh, yeah. I just this year, but you know my feelings on TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite um, just breakout players in general, year two players that I think mm-hmm. could have monster years. I obviously believe in Matt Stafford, you know, the Lions as a whole, as a team. Like, yeah. I had somebody commented or said something like, oh, you guys are trusting the Lions. <laughs> I mean, I don't trust the Lions. I, I, I trust the Lions' passing game more I than anything. Yeah, I trust the Lions' passing yeah. game. Um, and obviously, like, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, I, I do think are going to get a yeah. lot of uh, work. But there is still plenty of work to be spread around. If Matt Stafford plays like he did last year, uh, then TJ Hawkinson is going to be more than worth the pick that you're going to get him at. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, last year, um, what did he He only played 12 games. He was averaging about five targets a game. Um, which was kind of, you know, I mean, that's tough, but I think you can I see it. what he was averaging with Matt Stafford as quarterback. Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stafford Still played, I think the first like nine weeks of the season. Matter of fact, for a rookie tight end, he actually did pretty good. Uh, he had nine, three, four, three, six, five, one, seven, six. So he wasn't. Yeah. And then when he didn't play many games after, he only um, played twelve games, so he had fifty. He had fifty nine targets in twelve games last year, which for again a rookie tight end, yeah, that's really really good, right? Um, 
it's a year two jump. Yeah, he's not a bad. Like I said, I think I think the biggest thing about TJ Hawkinson is that he was he was drafted in the top ten of uh, of the NFL draft last year, pick eight, and he is like in the upper percentile in literally every single one of his workout metrics. So and like I just. For me, he's talented. He's an extremely good tight end. He's tall, big, and has a great catch radius, similar to Gronk's. Um, and it's like, to me, I think Hawkinson is a guy that's just poised to break out. You don't draft a guy in the top 10 of the NFL draft without the expectation of using him. You know what I mean? And so I think this year is a year that you're going to expect TJ Hawkinson to come in and blow up. The only concern I have with TJ Hawkinson is his... Uh, I guess his inability to be a number one target on his team, like Travis Kelsey's the number two guy yeah, on his team. Um, I think you could see uh, Kenny Galladay and um, we, so, so number the number three on the read chart is not bad, but I uh, you think you're going to see Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay probably supersede him there. Um, and um, it's not a bad thing, but He's big. He's talented. He's going to find his way into the end zone a lot. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be the biggest thing for him. So I would buy him, especially at that ADP of one, uh, one thirty in the 14th, you know, 13th, 14th round. He's another steal of a tight end. Um, do you have any more thoughts on Hawk? No, I mean, I, I, he is going to be the third option Mm -hmm. on that team, but you know, the lions, like if you look at last year, they really only, use three wide receivers like the right. fourth wide receiver is only gonna get like 20 targets like he's mm-hmm. not gonna get involved at all so being the third option on a team that prioritizes their top guys is not that bad okay yeah agreed um let's talk about uh noah font now 114 adp he's a little bit higher people like him a little bit more um it is uh, kind of uh, I, to me it's not bad to pick him in the 12th round 11th round 10th round like it's not a big deal but Font, and you know how much I love Noah Font. Font kind of reminds me of like what Njoku was last year where everyone was like, oh, let's get him in the 10th round and then they drafted him and he just didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be an issue. He was targeted kind of a, like I think an average of one less target than Hawkinson last year, um, except he played all 16. Um, in this offense, I think you could definitely see uh, him increasing his target share, obviously. But I think it'll be right around 90 to 100 targets. And so the question is, can he convert those into touchdowns and, you know, yards? Like last year, he had 40 catches, 562 yards. If he does get 90, you know, targets, that might mean that he hits uh, 50, 60 receptions and eight, 900 yards and maybe four, five, six touchdowns, which puts him probably somewhere in the top six of tight ends. So I think for, you know, for what it's worth, I don't think he has that same explosive value as a Gasicki or a Hawkinson would. Um, but I do think that he is a, he's a solid player that you can snag and he'll get you seven points a week, eight points a week um, on a, you know, which so, is, which is in and, and fantasy football is very valuable, I guess. Oh yeah. The tight end no, position. For, a tight, for a tight end. Yeah, it is. Um, I do like the other two guys we talked about more yep. over Noah Font, though. And I do think he has, you know, he, he's, he's an explosive player. The only problem is, is how, you know, that offense is going to work. Yeah. With Melvin Gordon, with Philip Lindsay, with Jerry Judy, with Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the KJ Hamler as well, who they drafted, uh, I think, in the second round. 
So there, there's a lot of weapons now, and the ball needs to be spread out a lot. Um, and unlike the Lions, like I don't, do you think the the Broncos are going to throw the ball, or the, yeah. or even yeah. the Dolphins? Do you think the Broncos are going to throw the ball as much as those teams, like around six hundred times? Um, might. I don't know. They might, but I, I do. They trust Drew Locke to really just sling it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might. Again, we'll see how that plays out. Yep. Uh, we really don't know, which is why the question mark is there for me with no font. Yep. But I think there's a chance he could be the second guy in Denver. I think there's a chance, because Jerry Judy's a rookie, I think he could be the second option behind Coyle and Sutton, uh, especially yeah. in the red zone. Like the, He could get a lot of touchdowns. Um, and if Drew Locke is, takes that step, like a lot of people think he's going to with the weapons that he has around him. Right then Noah Font is going to be similar to TJ Hawkinson. He's going to be worth the pick. Uh, again, I, I think Gaiseki, though, and Hawk are more guys who are getting slept on, but Font, I do think, should be in the same category as those guys, yeah. which should be ranked a little higher. Okay. Um, um, let's talk a little bit about Janu Smith. Uh, this is one of those. On this one. <laughs> I don't know why you dislike Janu Smith. I don't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> it's not a sexy pick. It never it's has been. But um, let me ask you, Rick. Who are they throwing it to in that offense besides AJ Brown? Don't say Corey uh, Davis. Don't do it. <laughs> Corey Davis. Uh, so John John Smith was drafted in the third round, I think, back in 2016. So this is his. This is gonna be his fourth year in the NFL. Um, he had a 92 percentile uh, college dominator and his breakout age was 18, which is 100th percentile, which means the first year in college, he was effective. Um, and his workout metrics are insane. He has a similar, uh, I say this all the time, similar catch radius to um, TJ Hawkinson, who has a similar catch radius to Gronk, who has a similar catch radius to Travis Kelsey. So, um, you know, John o. Smith, I think he has all of the talent and the metrics and the ability to be a good tight end in the NFL. He just hasn't been really given the opportunity. Uh, he had 45 targets last year. Um, the time that Tannehill kind of took over, he was averaging, I guess, about four targets a game, I want to say, um, from the time Tannehill took over to the time uh, the end of the season happened. So... Um, I'm thinking that, you know, for, for this guy, he's, he's explosive. He's big, he's fast, he's quick. He can do a lot of, you know, really good things. Um, but the question is opportunity. And I think, I think for him, especially I've talked about, you know, fantasy point per target or opportunity before, and his is at 2.33 for a wide receiver or a tight end 1.8 is good. So if he gets opportunity in this Titans offense, you know, and I, when I say opportunity, I haven't, you know, I haven't projected the Titans, but I think when I say opportunity, I mean like, you know, instead of 45 targets this year, you know, I would like to see 80 to 90 targets. And if that does happen, I think he can become a top 10 tight end in fantasy football. Um, I think he, he kind of reminds me of that Austin Hooper slow increase that you saw. Like Hooper was good from a year to year basis. And then he slowly got better until he was, you know, what a top three, top four, top five tight end last year. So I think you'll see that with, with John U Smith, but I think he's going to come onto the scene a little bit more this year. 
uh, than people would expect, especially if the Titans offense is a little bit better at throwing the football yeah. than they have been in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I'll say if you believe in Ryan Tannehill, then I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Johnny Smith to do that. I yeah. mean, if he gets 80 to 90 targets, I projected him at like 60, I think. Yeah. If he gets that, then yeah, I, he should def- he's definitely a sleeper at tight end. And you, you said, like, nobody – I mean, I think Corey Davis is going to get targets. Adam Humphreys did miss, like, five games last year. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll all get targets. It's just a matter of, like, yeah. who but, do I mean, they John favor. Is, is very efficient. I mean, his catch percentage is really, really good. And yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if that's just because cause I don't watch it too much of the Titans. I don't know if that's just because they use him in the red zone or he's, like, a security blanket or he's just yeah. an extremely efficient player. Either way, uh, he is a very efficient player. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does get, like you said, the 70, 80, 90 target range, then yeah, he's going to be worth the pick. And I do like what you said of he was drafted a few years ago. He's been getting better every year. Um, mm-hmm. Delaney Walker's not there anymore. So, you know, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you have this one. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, at at that fifth three, if the, it, you know, at the 15th round value right there, sure. you know, I think it's perfect for him. Like, it's not, it's not a heavy risk. You know what I mean? It's not something that you're going to be like, oh my God, I wasted my pick on John O. Smith. You know what I mean? 15th, 16th round, you're going to be able to snag a guy who possibly has a potential breaking out, who has all of the talent in the world to be able to do so. Um, but it's just a matter of opportunity. And I think, it, you know, we don't know. For me, I, I couldn't tell you. Some guys I can say, yeah, he's going to get that opportunity. This guy, no idea. But in the 15th round, worth taking the risk. You know, if game one, he goes out and gets nine targets and he's just a dominant beast, then you know what you got. But yeah, it's just a matter of waiting and seeing what happens, you know. Um, number five on this list is, and the final guy, is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is pick 141 right after Johnny Smith at 140. So he's a guy that might completely go undrafted as well. Um, 15th round player. Um, Dallas Goddard is an interesting player because last year I heard somebody uh, in the fantasy football community be like, yeah, Dallas Goddard. And I was like, no, stop that. <laughs> Don't do that. And then he had some decent games this year. Um, I thought there was a possibility, a possibility. I'll just say that a possibility that, um, they were going to move on from Zach Ertz this off season and go full with Dallas Goddard because he was playing that well. Now, I don't know. Did, did Zach Ertz didn't get hurt last year? Did he? I don't think so. From week 11, I'll just, I'll go back from week eight to week 17. These are his target counts. Five, five, six, eight, seven, six, six, 12, 10. Um, over that time from week 11 to, yeah, I want to say week 11 to, uh, 17 Dallas Goddard was the tight end nine in fantasy. And if you pull it even further up, like week 13 to week 17, Goddard was, uh, was like seven. So, um, I mean, to me, he was a lot better than people saw him. Um, he is the, you know, going contrary to what I believe he does have a difficult situation where he is, um, he is the second tight end on the team, but on a, on a team that might not even have Alshon Jeffrey to start the season and still doesn't have any wide receivers. I mean, Deshaun Jackson might play, but I think it's, it's, they love to run with those two wide, two tight end sets. And, and this guy clearly is one of the guys that Carson Wentz loves to throw the football to, um, you know, he's not an athletic freak. Um, 
Nope. He does have a good burst score. Um, he didn't run a 40 at the combine when he, when he no. did the combine, but he's a second round pick. Yeah, so, that's... and he's tall. So, I mean, it's the tight end position. He's what you want. Six, five, two fifty six, and he can get the job done when targeted. So, I mean, it really just depends on how things go this season with him, but I think he's worth a deeper, like both these guys, John o. Smith and Dallas Goddard are deeper dives going into 2020. Um, if, if guys like Kasiki Hawkinson font are off the board and you're like, who am I going to take, you know, instead of taking, you know, cans of trash, like, uh, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, um, Hayden Hurst, Trey Burton, <laughs> Trey Burton. Yeah. um, and some of those guys are even like the Tyler Higbee's, you know, of the world, uh, who are going earlier, maybe even Jared cooks, uh, instead of taking those guys, you could, and those guys take come off the board. Yeah. Take somebody with a little bit of a ceiling and, 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 and can have some, some success. But, um, yeah, so I think Dallas Goddard kind of falls into that deep dive conversation, but I think he's definitely a sleeper for 2020. No, I, I'm, I a hundred percent agree. You know, you look at last year, Carson Wentz, he's both those tight ends. Uh, some people would say that's cause he didn't yeah. have any receivers. Um, which I think is partly true, but also like a lot of people who do redraft don't realize Dallas, yeah. Carter, like Dallas Goder, like you said, was a second round. He's only 25 years old. It's again, we talked about this earlier in the show. It's kind of a, like a prime age for a breakout for a tight end. Uh, he is playing with Zach Ertz, but I think they're going to use both guys. I mean, everything you've heard yeah. coming out of Philadelphia too is they want to use both guys. And if Alshon Jeffrey misses time again mm-hmm. to start next year, and, and we know how old Sean Jackson is. I mean, I love the guy, but he's old right. and uh, has kind of a bit of an injury history now. Uh, it's going to be really just Jalen Rieger and Zach Ertz. Gross. So he'll Gross. still get he'll still get targets. He's still going to get red zone targets. Too. Mm. He's, he's going to get a decent amount of touchdowns. I'm surprised he's not going higher than where he is. Yeah, I think I think it's because Zach Ertz is there. I think that's yeah. probably the number one reason. <laughs> but Zach Ertz was there last year too. He, he was still yeah. No, it's true. 10. I mean, I think it was went top ten. But he's the, the big like, thing is that the last year was 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 largely a lack of um, wide receivers. Like they didn't have anybody there. He had eighty-seven targets last year. So, I mean, if anything, he might regress a little bit. But I got like 84 targets, I think. If he definitely, if he increases, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Really increase, but he, I think he might stay about the same. Yeah. Like around 85, 90 targets, which if he does that, yeah, I think he's still going to be like a, a, like the ninth or 10th tight end in fantasy. Maybe yeah. And I think, I think for me, like he might not be a guy that you hold on to the whole season, especially if he doesn't work out. But he, I think he's a player that has potential to break out and have a really big season. I mean, imagine if Hertz misses any time. Yeah. Like he, he would, he would instantly, I think, fill the role of Zachary. No, it's true. So. Yeah. I would say, I would say, do it on Dallas Goddard in the the fifteenth round, fourteenth round. I don't even know. Um, yeah, fifteenth. That'll conclude our tight end sleepers program. Um, exciting stuff. Uh, sometimes tight ends are a little more boring, but it can make the difference in your fantasy leagues. Um, so be sure to write these guys down, remember them. And then if you don't write them down and you don't remember them, we'll have more information on them in the draft guide, purchase the draft guide, $25 pre-order. I will do that until the day I die advertising my draft guide. Um, don't forget to check out our website at the fantasy 
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and don't forget to go to our website and buy the draft guide. Like I said, talk to you Thursday, Fantasy Champs. Yes, later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>